Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Come on, Hello, welcome to episode 26, season 12 of Fighting Court Podcast, and um, we've got to do it. We have to talk about it. Um, do you know what? There's probably gooners listening to this, little slags listening to this. Just don't give them anything. Don't give them anything, all right? I don't know what that means. Just be aware, those little slags, they're fucking listening. I know they are. <clears throat> Fuck you lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, we've got a couple of a couple of things to start with. Uh, two 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 comments. One from Nick White and one from Dominic Shane. Nick says, uh, "When will it end?" And Dominic says, "What's the point?" <laughs> it's funny what football can do, isn't it? It turns you into um, an existential mess. There's a lot out there, uh, a lot a lot of stuff on Twitter. People going, "What's happened?" Like what they can't kind of reconcile what's happening. So they just that they're either splurging on Twitter or they're they're asking questions like, "What's what is? Go- I don't understand what's going on." This is football, boys. This is the cyclical nature of football. It's hard sometimes. It's horrible. Certainly, right now, we're going to bend over and take it. We've got to take our medicine when we when we don't perform well. We get beat by Arsenal. You just have to accept it. But this is what supporting a football club is. Everybody goes through these fallow periods, poor periods, things where the times where we're not playing our best and we feel like there's no direction and no leadership and the team's fucked. A year from now, it can be completely different. All I'm saying is just hold on to your pants. It'll be fine. Joined on the, on the show this week, got John Bass and Spook. How you doing, boys? Apart from the obvious. Oh, yeah, all right. I, I, I refuse, John. I refuse to be upset about the result. I, I am up. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I hated it. hated it. But I won't give them the credit. I won't give them... 
I don't want them to think they've made me feel bad. So yeah, I'm going to be got to, um, philosophical about this. You have to be philosophical, and I, that, that's kind of where I was going. Is in the moment, I think you're allowed to be like angry, upset, frustrated, and all the rest of it, and you're entitled to, to feel out however you want. How I get through it is, and when things are good, this is life as well as football. When things are good, just got to try and enjoy the moments, like like suck every second of those enjoyable moments up, because there's an inevitability in life and in football where things that must go up must come down, right? And the inverse of that. And things are like this, and they're shit. Just have to remember that they've been shit before, and then they got better. Then they got yeah. shit, and then they got better. So if it's shit, you've got good stuff to look forward to. So you're, you're paying your dues right this... now. It's your paying yeah. your dues. It you're building up some credit. Yeah, and everyone's got a point. And, and, and you know, you only have to look at look at look look at them. You know, you've got to be honest. They're flying at the moment, and. Literally a year ago, or less than that, they were screaming, I set around, get out of my club, fuck the process, fuck the process. Because football fans fundamentally are reactive and emotional, aren't they, Nick? I don't know why I said Nick instead of Spooky. I have no idea why. Sorry. I'll forgive you. Yeah, exactly. They finished eighth one season, and there's a. There's a. There's a, there's a there's, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a there's a gooner on on Twitter who seems fairly decent. You can have a conversation with him, and he said, "I don't understand how we didn't sack Arteta." People bang on about um, Arsenal have this blueprint and this process, but in that season where they were turgid and they lost something like nine games out of ten, any other any other manager gets a sack. I don't think they had anyone to turn to. I think the gooners thought we're kind of stuck with this guy. Let's just see how it plays out. And he won the FA Cup at the end of the season, which kind of saved his job. So sometimes, it, you know, out of chaos, you you know, you, things fall into place. It's just fucking annoying that, that I think John might have said this in chat, how, you know, the universe conspires against Tottenham when we've got one of the best Premier... Yeah, so, um, you know, one of the best Prem, prem sides that we ever had and that the universe conspired to, to give us Conte's, ironically, machine like Chelsea that stormed the Premier League. And then... You know, every time that we have something that's really, really good, that we, we're up against a, an unstoppable force. And 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 meanwhile, this season or the Leicester season, everyone kind of gives up. I'm not trying to underplay what Arsenal are doing. They've got a settled team. They've kind of captured their momentum, right? But they were they were struggling as well not too long ago. Arteta should have been sacked. Nine wins out of uh, ten. Uh, sorry, nine defeats in in ten games. Turgid football, no identity. Gunas thinking, "What the fuck is going on?" No plan, and just out of the chaos, they win the FA Cup at the end of the season, and and they he saves his his job, and they just push on from there. Um, so sometimes, as much as we want a blueprint and a template, we we don't actually. Judy, Spurs are quite, kind of accidentally falling on onto something. It's just that I think what we're seeing now is the result of far too many experiments and and not enough uh, focus on what it is we, we want to actually be, just as a football team. Yeah, I, 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 I understand that. I understand where you're coming from. We was going to talk about sort of Conte and his role in all of this later on, but I think it's probably apt that we do it now. Uh, I noticed earlier that Conte out was trending. I didn't dare click on it because I didn't know whether it was going to be loads of Arsenal fans trolling or whether or not um, this was Spurs fans. Uh, I had a few comments. I, can't, I haven't got them in front of me, but asking what, you know, it's all well and good um, 
throwing Enoch under the bus or, or screaming Enoch out when Conte is doing this with these players. Um, and I was thinking, do like, we, we've got a question here from Raid Bahibi, Bahibani, <laughs> sorry, Bah. Bebiani, Bebiani. Um, he uh, he asked, "Is uh, when will Conte leave?" And I'm thinking, uh, we we I've gone through, I've done mental gymnastics around this, and I'm just kind of thinking, I don't want him to leave. And the reason I don't want him to leave is, firstly, we don't know what's around the corner, we don't know what will change, how it will change. We've seen with Arteta and and, and other managers that just sacking and replacing isn't always the right correct thing to do like you said nine nine defeats in 10 finishing eighth twice and then fifth that gets most i mean that, that gets most teams big teams sat, uh, managers of big teams sat if they're outside the top six he gets yeah. some sats and they start with him and, and look now and, and they backed him as well financially 100 percent. and i'm thinking i just I, i'm not i don't want to start the process of a new manager new ideas a new i, I just want to see what happens with conte my only issue, like I've said so many times, is he's not signed a contract, so we can't build towards a future. We don't know when he's going to be here or for how long. But I'm longing for stability. I mean, even if that stability means a season or two of mediocrity, and by mediocrity, I mean top six. Um, just, just to get some sort of, just to get some, yeah, stability of, uh, and be able to just understand what Tottenham are, because I don't know what we are at the moment, and that's, I think that's what's the problem. We get no communication from me, Nick. You don't know what Conte's doing. Kane's contract is... I mean, he's out of contract in 14 months. Son is, you know, a shadow of, his, of the player he was last year. We don't know what we are. And we don't know... There, is, there doesn't seem to be a lot of leadership. I'm sure there's stuff happening behind the scenes, but as fans, all we can see is what we can see and what we hear is what we hear. And we're hearing nothing. And a manager, we don't know if he's going to be there in four months' time. And that's what you just feel, you can't help but feel a bit like, well, what is the plan, John? Do you know what I mean? Uh, mate, I, I'm totally with you, and I think this is um, this is the biggest, the, the sort of bigger issue around like all of the discussion is, you know, you've got Enoch in, Enoch out, Conte in, Conte out. You know, there's a every person that supports Spurs could draw up a shortlist of players they want to leave the club. So there's a lot of things that are wrong and that need addressing, and. I think for me, there's there's arguments for all of those things in both directions, right? Which makes it really confusing and really complicated. There are people that are Enoch in and Conte out. There are people that are like um, Enoch out and that want Conte to stay. Like it's a lot. It's a lot of confusing and, um, I guess to a certain extent, frustrating outcomes potentially, depending on which way any of these things go. For me, I think it's always like best to look at what what is mo- the most likely thing or the thing that you're in control of the most. And so for me, it's like if we did get new ownership, let's say this um, Qatari investment group, right, come in and just pay the money and take over tomorrow. Um, I think that that's going to take a long time for that to come to fruition. I actually would be like happy with a takeover. I don't really like have any like loyalty to, to Enoch. I don't really care. But that's going to take a while. Like That's not going to happen for a while. And if that they come in, there's no guarantee necessarily. And we're all hoping that they're just going to come in and spend loads of money. Because I think that's everyone's option A is let's just spend loads of money. Whether it's Enoch or someone else, let's just buy loads of good players. Whether it's Conte or Tuchel or Pochettino or Potter, we just want our club to spend loads of money on players. That's what most people want. I think realistically, that 
Enoch are going to be here for a little while. In which case, what's the next thing that you can control? Like, well, we can definitely control players in and out. And we should definitely be looking to, to move some of the players that we've got on. So then it comes to how do you decide which players to move on and which ones to bring in? That has to come down to which manager you have. And my concern is that we have a manager who, one, hasn't signed a contract. Two, is playing the kind of football that is so reliant on certain players of a certain value, which we know we're not going to pay. Like we just know that. We're going round in circles with, just pay the money, just pay the money. He's not going to. Levy's not going to spend £100 million on right-backs, right-wing-backs. He's never going to do it. But we can all just shout into the void, like, just sign good players. Like, it's not revolutionary. It's what is not this, this thing that, you so know... why like, do we persist with this manager? I don't get it. Yeah, it doesn't fit. And that's what we were warned of, wasn't it? Saying, like, it's not really good having Conte, but you've got to give him lots and lots of money. But we, we have spent... I don't want to go over old ground again, but we have... We have spent significant amounts of money. I think the difference, though, is that like, I think most Spurs fans, and I understand it, and I want it as well, is us to behave like Chelsea, but with some yeah. sort of structure. Not that just sign every player they can possibly sign, and doesn't matter whether they fit, we'll worry about that later. That's which has seemed to be the um, Chelsea scattergun approach since Bowley's taken over. Seems to be very little direction. It's almost like, oh, we'll buy him. People are interested, so buy him. Let's give. Let's throw sixty-three million pound at Brighton for Cucurella. Cucurella's a really good player. He's doing. He's been terrible for Chelsea thus far. But I really like him. He's not six. He's not worth nowhere near sixty-three million pounds. And you know they've just signed. I'm going to butcher his name, but is it Mudrak? Mudrak? Mudrik? Yeah. Whatever. They're the, the Ukrainian winger. Yeah. Barely so, played any football in the Ukraine, but there you go. Yeah, Arsenal. Arsenal were, were linked with him. It almost seemed like he was. He kept talking about Arsenal. Arsenal are a club I want to join, liking all their shit on social media. And then Chelsea, I know, which went, bosh, he's ours. We're having him. And I think even if we do it half as often as Chelsea, Spurs fans will be a lot more happy because it shows that we behaving, and we mentioned this before, behaving like a big club. And Spurs, unfortunately, don't behave like a big, a big club. Um, and, and, and the thing is, is is behaving like a big club, i.e. spending fuckloads of money, positive? Is it what football should be? Is, it, is that the correct way to achieve success? And unfortunately, the way the game has gone is the only way to achieve success is to behave it like these other clubs do around us. Um, I don't want, I'd much rather it, us win it the way that Leicester did, but it's just not reality. And if we are going to exist in this world and... and uh, and, and, and are trying to win a fucking trophy once, just fucking once, one trophy. Just we've done nothing. We've won nothing. So we need to we need to we need to engineer things and, and, and be proactive in the transfer market so that we have a chance. And that is football, certainly at the level we're at. Not everywhere. There's football. You know that. You know what what goes on in the in the Championship, League One, League Two. That is also football, but. For where we are and what we're competing with and we're, we're having to deal with, doing what Arsenal done, which is spend 200, 300 million pounds in a couple of transfer windows, is what we need to do. And um, They haven't, argue, arguably, though, they haven't bought anyone that you, that you kind of think, fucking hell, why will we in for him, right? Yeah, true. And they've, uh, they've benefited I mean, they've, from they've, Saliba they've, coming back as well. Yeah, yeah, massively. But some of their players were maligned not, not that long ago, you know, but by exactly, their own yeah. supporters. So it, 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 again, it's, this, it's you know to go back to this kind of reactionary world that we live in. It's it, it's never about well, let's try and understand 
everything about this. It's like in the moment, he's shit. He's not good enough. Done. That's it. Finality. That's how I feel. We need to spend here, here, and here. But then things happen. You know, Saar coming into the team was not something many people predicted. And him looking really composed and, and looking mature, obviously a long way off from being someone who we would select as a first teamer. But sometimes these little kind of story arcs branch out off the back, this bloody mic stand, off the back of um, <laughs> things that happen, right? That you can't kind of control. I think the, 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 the issue, just to kind of um, expand on what Johnny's saying, because I think what he covered is, is pretty much, you know, bang on. But in the moment, if you detach yourself from all this, all this politics and blame game or whatever else, what about just what we have? Okay, I, mean, do you, I don't know whether you guys agree with me or not, but even with the injuries that we've had, we've had we've had players out of form that have really hit the way that we could possibly pick up points, just in terms of being clinical up front. If you've got Son not being half the player that he was in, uh, has been in the last few seasons, him and Kane. As well as Kane can play, the synergy between those two means that we don't have the same type of output, right? And we can't keep up the same type of football. But arguably, it's because of Conte fucking about with the way Son's responsibility in the team kind of changed. And then you've got the, the squad itself. Yeah, we've had injuries. But we've got players that he just doesn't look at or players that he just stays loyal to. So it kind of makes me think, in the moment... How accountable is Conte? And I just think he is very accountable. I think as much as you want to say, well, he hasn't been given X amount. He hasn't been bought this. He hasn't been bought that. With the players that he's got and the standard of, of, of experience that the guy has, he can't keep falling back on, we need two, three transfer windows. As much as I agree with him that we do, it's quite obvious that we do need to get rid of a lot of players and sign a lot of new players. I'm not buying this thing again that the, just, these players are not capable of playing fucking 90 minutes of, of decent football and it just comes back to Conte well, New, Newcastle played decent football Newcastle played yeah. decent football and their team's not as good as ours no that's exactly my point I get it's a style thing I get and again I'm being really hypocritical here because I was banging on about how Conte earlier in the season last season he's going to give us an edge right that was the that was my sound but that was a reality us... back then though. that was a real. that was what we were witnessing well, well, this is it. Because if you look at the back end of the season, it was coming together. I mean, what was that? Was that just circum- circumstantial? Was that just a... a you, can't, you can't win, you can't run win a... five in six in the Premier League without it being deliberate. You don't luck your way through six games well, and go to Anfield exactly and be the better team. What the fuck has happened since the back end of last season when we brutalised them and then they've come back oh, in, in a return fixture? And, and a, week, like, a week is a long time in football, Spook. So, yeah, like, I know, man. Couple... I'm struggling, man. I told you I'm struggling. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. A week is a long time. So, fucking six months is a lifetime in football. Any anything can happen. Like we, it, we could go there next season. It falls apart for them. They lose Saliba, and we could end up smashing them next season. We go, but, but but the thing is, you never do when you're winning. Is look back and go. Do you remember when? Last season when mm. we were so shit, look how great we were this time. You just go, yeah, we're the bollocks, and you forget about the bad times and just hang. hang, hang um, you you anchor yourself to what yeah. you, what you what you're witnessing and experiencing at the moment. Well, but but John, how how does this play out for Conte? Do you think? Well, how do you forget like your leanings towards him or against him? What how do you think this plays out at Spurs? What do you think happens? Well, I think um, a sort of criticism against him is is a bit circumstantial in the sense that 
he's found himself in a scenario that actually doesn't suit him either. And so it's not necessarily saying like he's he's awful, he's the worst thing that's ever happened to us. Because I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that maybe it is just a bad fit because he does need a certain calibre of player to fit his system. My issue with him is is that you haven't got those players, so you need to adapt your system. And so I think how it plays out, to answer your question, is that he won't adapt his system, because otherwise he would have done it by now. It's taken him... People are saying, oh, look, it's great. Don't tell me that Antonio Conte doesn't play young players. Look, Sars playing. Yeah, it's taken him in basically half a year to give him a chance. Half a year. I can't understand that. When you've got midfield players been injured previously and players not being available and rotation option. He's like, oh, I haven't got any decent fullbacks. But what happens, though, John? I know, I know you hate him, but what, 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 <laughs> what happens, John? What, what, how does this play what, out for him? Eventually, everyone catches up with my way of thinking and they realise that I'm right <laughs> and they go, he needs to be fucking sacked because he's right. not going to change right. and we haven't got the resources to give him what he wants. So he will get sacked eventually because the results will catch up with him. What do you, do you mean in the next, we, the next couple of weeks, a month? I, think he won't, I don't think he'll survive the end of the month. Because we'll get beat by a city. Be gone. Twice. Get, yeah, and potentially you look at it and just go, well, we've still got a chance to do something in January on a smaller scale. And this is, again, just quickly on this point, is I understand that people are like, well, if we're not going to spend money with Conte, we're not going to spend any money. But we've always spent a bit of money. We just haven't spent it very well. And so if you're going to go for marquee play, if you want to sign Hakimi, right, and you've got a £100 million budget, that's your whole budget. If you've got a £100 million budget, you could get 10, like, or like five players that could be young, that no one's heard of, that you've scouted Moneyball style, and you could bring in with a coach who wants to manage them. Based on the history of what we've seen with Enoch and Levy, that's the more likely outcome, isn't it? Like, we've tried this, bring a big manager in with the players we've got. They obviously think that these players are good enough to win something. We all know that they're not. So the next logical step is we're going to have to start again with a manager who will work with less resources, which is why I think we were all excited about Conte, because we assumed he must have been promised more money. And he obviously hasn't. So I think there's no... Like no other way this ends than him just either leaving or being sacked. Yeah, but he has been given money. This is my issue with him: is he has been given money. It is is like we signed Charleston fifty, sixty million as a as a backup, as a squad, not a squad player, but you know, effectively not a star. You know, Basuma twenty six million. We've gone through all the list of players. We have spent money. He hasn't been able to turn that into good performances, forward performances. Um, Spook, if. John John says that he might not last the month. What what do you think will happen? I don't think I don't think he gets sacked because I think we well, what's the payout if he gets sacked? So uh, the likelihood is that um, a Levy just lets him run out his contract in the summer. Because what's that interim um, going to do any better than Conte? Probably not. Like, there's no well, one. Lined no, up. because of, well, this is it. But the. the, the I kind of get this. This is this is why it's really messed up, right? It's really easy to say. Do do A or do B, and the reality is, is and I know this has been discussed like dozens of times. There's this lack of loyalty uh, or, or lack of trust between the two of them. Like, does Levy know deep down that he can't back him in this window because he might not be here for the summer? So is he going to is he going to stop signing players for Conte in the short term that aren't going to be needed by the next manager? The other players you're, that Levy wants, wants you, to buy are, the, are players like Spence, who, who, who Conte isn't interested in playing. But the answer to that so, is role, role as a chairman in that instance is buy players. And John said this before: buy players that are too good that they that they 
they can't they, not play. Can't not play yeah, for yeah. whoever manager. Yeah. Like buy buy two of those a, a window. One. Well, this one, is it, then. one of then these. That kind of falls back on the whole thing about whether Levy is ever going to be that type of manager. Currently, yeah, yeah. And, and, we, and you know, if you bring, if you bring, let's just like, I think people are going to want to hear this, but you bring Pochettino back. What's Poch actually good at? Really, you know, he's good at working with what he's got, working out what he needs, but working with cheaper signings, not necessarily big, big players. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So you're but saying... Again, it's, it's, the, the problem is, though, like again, it's for, 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 for everybody, it's the lack of... Who the fuck are we? What what are we trying to do? Forget about this um, Mourinho Conte win now managers which who need money. You're going to give them the money? No, they're not going to win anything now. So that's wrong. If you're going to bring in someone like a Potter or just someone who's going to be given time and backed, and they and and, and there's like an agreed blueprint of something like this is what we're going to do. We're going to focus on this. We've got these academy players we're going to bring through, but we're going to. You know, these are the areas we need to buy players for. And this is, I know that, that, that that's kind of like fantasy football, right? Because it doesn't always work out that way. There's, there's, there's struggles and sufferings you need to go through. Part of me wants to think this is one of those instances where we come out of it and we actually start seeing progression and evolution. But there's also a part of me that thinks everything about Conte's energy is not right. You know, this kind of consultancy narrative that he plays out talking about Tottenham and him and talking about what the club need to do and the vision. But it is so detached from feeling like it's a team, like there's a togetherness, like that everyone agrees with everything. And the, that lack of commitment has to eat away at the rest of everything at the club, the chairman included. Maybe, maybe he's gone in there, Levy, and he said, look, this is what we can do in Jan, but this is what we're doing in, in the summer. And obviously, <laughs> the back end of... January into February, we're going to get these record profits announced, which is going to set every fucker off. We're still hanging around waiting for the naming rights thing. That hasn't played out, you know, because that was meant to be a couple hundred million, you know, uh, for however long, a hundred million a year, whatever, whatever the figures were. So, so it's like we are this club with this capacity to be bigger than what, what we are right now. Uh, but we still try to do things astutely and 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 slow brooding and and like and it's fine buy the right players for the right fee if a player's 20 million but he's the right player that's that's fine he doesn't need to be 100 million quid but if there's a player that we need that will will, will improve the team that will cost 80 million and that's the only way you're going to get him and you're not going to get anything better than that that's when you 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 you, you buy that player right I've got 400 million quid we can spend because of financial fair play so the question is do we have 400 million quid available to buy players with? And if we don't, you'll have to ask someone who's financially astute to yeah. come on the pod and explain where the money is. Because I'd like to think that revenue-wise, we're heading that way. But I've been saying that for a few years. I know COVID hit us quite badly. 
You know, you could look at Arsenal as well. It's 18 years it's taken them to get back into the, the mix of things. And, and they, they, they moved to get more money, to spend, to spend more money, right? And all they, they've ever done is kind of sell their best players. And yeah, they've, 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 they've lucked out in, in FA Cups. That, that kind, of, kind of hurts the argument when you're, when you're trying to compare to them, because they've won Cups in that time period. I don't know, Spurs... They, they, they've also been Spurs shrewd, are, like, really shrewd in the transfer uh, market as well. Like Martinelli was an incredible signing. They had Saliba, yeah. they saw the potential in him. But the, the one that stands out to me most is o- Odegaard. The, the fact that they I mean, picked yeah. him up for £35 million. Pounds. Yeah. I had him on loan right. beforehand, convinced Real Madrid to, to let him go. And you understand why he didn't make it at Real Madrid, but he was always a quality player. Like he, was the, he was on a record transfer. When he signed from the Danish club that he belonged to, to uh, sign for Real Madrid, this was about six, five, six years ago. 18 years old he was on like 80 grand a week it didn't work out and they just need they, it was just like, and, and, and this isn't the fault of Spurs because no one picked him up Arsenal were the only ones that looked at it so well, uh, just, just on that though Flav just think about this for a second right like we were a club that used to go out and, and find players like Modric and Gra- and Berbatov Deli Deli. yeah it, it, it's not beyond us to do that like it feels like the football is just. We didn't even have a director of football it, then. That was that was Daniel Levy. I remember Daniel. Do you remember the picture of Daniel Levy out in fucking, fucking split or? Wasn't Camille uh, uh, at the club at the time? Was he? Because I, I don't know. I remember that. I it, maybe. I don't. Uh, I don't no. I, I, do you know what? He's I, I remember the picture you're talking about. He's, it, he's they're on a night out in yeah, it, and he's massive jeans, casuals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and but but you're the, right. You're the fact right. is they managed to identify this player that none of us had he- really heard of at the time. Mm. Same with Kulusevski and Bentenko, but we know Paratici's in in plays and Conte knew both players as well. But that Modric deal came out of the blue. We signed him in June before the transfer window had even opened. And there's that picture of uh, yeah, like you said of um, Daniel Levy bouncing along in his uh, wide leg jeans, the ones that John still wears to these day to this day. And uh, <laughs> good jeans. Yeah, they are change. I mean, they they fit. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you guys it's are... just having that in place, man. It's just having that. It's just having that awareness. Of, and and do you know what? To credit to Tottenham's credit, that that's what they they keep telling us they're building, right? Paratici's brought in people. We've got a scouting network. Maybe, maybe again, we look back on this period and think, remember when we all wet the bed? You know, we were just shitting it, bricking it. Because we, we were, you know, there's a lack of form, this, that, and the other. You know, I, I want to believe that because I'm, I, I try and retain optimism at all times, right? But I, I've also got to be real, realistic. And the way I feel at the minute is I, I, I feel exhausted. I feel tired. I feel fed up. And I keep waiting for Spurs to, to change. And again, maybe that changes now. And what comes out of it is a really good summer where we do buy the players that we need and we do get rid of the other players. And then next season we just hit the ground running. We're like, we're like. Now, we're, I, I know that's fictional writing. That you know, the, we're a I bit like know. we're a bit like a battered wife who just keeps saying he's going to change. He's going to change. I, I can I can make him change, and uh, uh, but we keep going back to him, and that, and that and that is the situation that all club all fans of all clubs find themselves in. Is that it, like we have not we we can't impact change. Like football's, it's not like back in the old days where the lifeblood of the club was the people that went to the game and paid money into it, season ticket 
mm. renewals were, and it's still massively important, but it's not, it, it's tiny in comparison to sort of TV deals. Um, and, and there's nothing for us to do other than just sit and wait. Um, or just, I think what will happen with Conte is that I think Daniel Levy won't sack him. I don't think he'll sack him. If he doesn't walk, I think Conte will sign a new contract at the end of the season. And then maybe Damn. we can build around him. I think that might might happen. But we've all three of us have you know, put together different uh, you know, assumptions about what will happen and none of us know and that's that's the problem. There's no real there's no way any of us can answer that accurately and only time will tell. Uh, yeah, and and just on that, Flav, I think that that is actually like where we're going wrong is that the leadership at the very top of the club, Daniel Levy and Enoch, that's what's missing, right? Because if there was a clear direction to, I don't know, as a club, we're going to go for young, up and coming, hungry talent, we'd have a clear direction on where this Conte thing might end because we're like, well, that's not really him. If it's we're going to, you know, spend loads of money on marquee signings and give any manager we have here what they need to be able to progress and this is how much we're going to spend then we'd probably think okay Conte is going to last I think the fact that we just don't have any clear direction I don't think we know our project to use the buzzword what our project is like what we're trying to achieve I think we are just at a stage where even Levy's confused and he's just like well I've got a good manager and I've got some good players like why aren't we winning things I don't know what to do here I've I've spent quite a bit of money like do I need to spend more I don't really want to just go and win things. I don't think he really understands what we what we need to do, and that's that's the bit I think is giving everyone a bit of anxiety because we're just not clear on what the vision is. I think that's, that's this is why that the QSI um, sort mm. of investment would would change things in in that they come in with a long term view to buy the club. They understand that that, that purchasing Tottenham off of Enoch is is going to be long winded and um, you know difficult to to get over the line. But if you sell, if Daniel Levy sells a proportion of the club, the finances for future transfers come from the new investor. Then we don't have to worry about. He doesn't have to worry about anything else, and he comes out like a fucking hero, because fans won't be able to, or will not, or willfully won't separate the investment from QSI or Enoch. It doesn't matter where it's coming from, as long long as we're signing players. Then that's the only way to do it. The only way that's gonna it's gonna happen. We need someone to come in, even if even if it's on a minority shareholder basis, and they work together, have a good relationship, and working together with um, with Daniel Levy to to make that happen. What what was interesting, I was speaking to um, a certain Robbie Lyle uh, on Saturday, and he was saying what ha- what happened is that the Usmanov was bought out. There was a really fractious relationship at board level at Arsenal. Uh, he owned the vast majority. I think he owned like, I mean, at the end he owned 30%, but it, they, 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 they didn't get on. They weren't willing to invest. Eventually he sold and, and, and then Arsenal started to spend. Anyway, um, we've got a question here from John Howick. He says, when is daddy coming back? <laughs> is... <coughs> is John, is 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 a Pochettino appointment positive for Tottenham right now? Um, so there were obviously like pros and cons. Like um, I tweeted something yesterday, which basically said like, get rid of Conte, bring in Poch, get rid of like a lot of players, and build on some of the younger players that we've got. It was a little bit tongue in cheek, right? It's not as simple as that. 
um, but I've only got certain <laughs> characters and I want to make a funny point. Um, mm. But I, I think there's a, there's a lot of logic in that for the reasons that I stated before, which is like, we need to decide what type of club we are. At the moment, just at the moment, not saying this is what I want or the, what we need. At the moment, we've got Daniel Levy and we've got Enoch. They don't want to spend mega monies. It's clear. Poch has got a track record with us of rebuilding a squad, clearing out older players, bringing through younger players and signing younger players, making some smart signings. We still need to back him in the sense of you need to like give him players that he wants, um, but with the focus of like younger players and players that are achievable in our financial bracket that we're willing to spend. I think that's kind of what we need to do uh, if this regime stays in, in place. I don't, I don't see an option we can do anything else. We just don't have the financial power or willingness to spend that financial power to do much else. Whether it's Poch or insert manager name here, I think what we need to do is to find a manager who wants to play and blood young players. And I know it's all doom and gloom, but one thing I would say is Paratici and, and Conte can take some credit for this as well. We've actually got some quite exciting young players, right? Like Kulisevsky is not old. He's very young and very exciting. Benson Core is, is still relatively young. Really good. Adogi, who we haven't seen yet, but by all accounts tearing is a really good prospect. Tearing it up, right? Saar has come in. We, uh, again, like there's a lot of thoughts of like, oh, this kid's come out of nowhere. He's played like two seasons in the French like top division. He's an international. He like starts. It's not like he's just been capped once. Like he plays regular for his his national team. Played a yeah. World Cup. He's a decent prospect. And then you sprinkle in like you know players that we've got in and around. We haven't seen anything of Spence, but there are players that that are out there, right? That are Tenshaw, exciting they, players yeah. from Championship or from other divisions. And I know for every. Like Deli Ali, you sign, you can sign an Nkudu. I get all of that. But that era of like signing these young, exciting players and seeing Poch like build that team, whether it's Poch or someone else, is making me much happier than where we are currently at. And we at the end outcome is we win nothing. So if, if the sort of two potential scenarios are we trudge along bringing in high profile managers, not giving them what they want, and win nothing and hate each other and it's toxic, or we like constantly building to nothing, but we're happy, take that. And I know that people go, oh, you're defeatist, you're the problem, we don't win anything. That's not my problem. I can't control Daniel Levy not spending a billion pounds a transfer window. If I could, I would spend a billion pounds a transfer window. I'm just trying to be realistic in where we are at and what we can control. That that would excite me a little bit, if I'm honest. Poch coming back. I feel like it would be it would be nice to see Dad come home. And to your previous point around um being like, you know, a wife would mistreated. We're currently trying to date like an Andrew Tate type who's got all the fancy cars and the big house. Um, but he's just not a very nice husband. He's not treating us very well. And we used to have a very nice guy who really cared about us and loved us. Yeah, he didn't have the Ferrari and we weren't going to Florida on holiday. But we were happy. You were happy. <laughs> yeah. oh, I would trade it, it to go back yeah. and be happy. It is. It is. It is. And, and, and like a lot, of, we get accused of um, sort of, you know, like fantasizing about that 2016, 2017 season. But we were happy. All of us were so happy. We didn't win anything, but it doesn't matter because that was the happiest I've ever been as a Spurs fan. It was. It, it was. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. You're right. You're right. Happiness and the journey is as important. I'd imagine, as winning the trophy. Um, let's talk about Saar a little bit because he was one of the few positives that came out of that game. He, um, I, I, I've got to be honest, I was a little bit concerned when he was starting. Like, we wanted Bentancourt. He didn't make it, didn't make the squad. And I was thinking, this is way too big a game for him to, to, to play in. Like, I'd rather Skip be there because at least he, 
he understands the North London derby because he's grown up in uh, being at Spurs for you know many many years, 15, 16 years, and that he'll get it more. Saar almost probably because he didn't, and I'm assuming here, but I, he, he probably doesn't feel about Arsenal the way we do. Was was just composed and actually was our best player on the pitch, and for him to do that in his third game, his second start, his third game for Spurs, and his his first start was against uh, Portsmouth, which didn't really count because they're shit. But he, he, he against the best team in the league currently, he was um, he more than held his own against probably the best central defensive midfielder in the league in Partey as well. I just uh, it's. He's out of nowhere, Spook, has become mm. someone that you just think that he's fine. If he starts, he's fine. He looks composed. Fact, fact, Go on. Yeah, fact, factor in as well that we were, what, two versus three in the middle. Yeah. So he wasn't just, you're playing against Arsenal who are in form. Um, we're going to make it even more difficult for you by just playing you and, and, and a cement mixer. Um, no, actually, no, I, hold <laughs> yeah, I, I actually rate him. I don't... I don't He's all right, but obviously we can do better. And, and if you've got Benton Coy in the middle, maybe the complexion of the game is, is slightly different, right? But for what he's been given at Spurs, which is, a, a, again, chaos around him, he's come in like, I don't know, Jesus walking on water. Do you know what I mean? And he's not, it's not that like he's doing anything orgasmic, right, as a footballer. He's doing everything that you expect all the other pricks to be doing from maybe, one game to the next. Maybe Everyone we... else should be composed. And, and more, they're more experienced than him, right? In terms of Premier League football, North London derbies, and the rest of it, everyone else should be performing at the level that he has, and he's just comfortably performing, right? He's not. It's not like he's dictating. He's not. He's not like Modric, deep playing or whatever. But he's doing exactly what you want to see from someone who's maybe five or six years older than him. So, do you think we're being feel me with we're confidence. being kind to him because he didn't. He didn't do anything wonderful. He didn't create any chances. wasn't expansive, but because he's he's new and he's super, you know, he's young. That we're it's, we're being kind to him, and that that there's a bit of that. But for everything that we've seen of of him, right, in in these kind of cameos, and then you kind of saw him at the World Cup, and it's not like he's been. I mean, okay, the French league might be a farmers' league to most people, but he's he's been playing quite well out there for a couple of seasons. It's not like he doesn't have pedigree. Obviously, got Spurs. relegated with Mets. <laughs> okay, um, but, you, but he played. He played. Um, yeah, the, the, the point <laughs> is, we've signed a lot of duds, right? Especially from that league, and we've been burnt a few times. And often, you kind of know there's just this thing. Often, you know that they're a dud. You often see these players that we bring in, and you, you think this doesn't. Why have we bought this player? This guy, though, just seems to have that kind of mature, composed uh, head on his shoulders. And yeah, the better the team is around him, then the more expansive he can be, the more expressive he can be. And I think that that goes for a lot of our players. I think, again, it leans back into what John's saying. Like, Basuma was this dynamic, almost box-to-box, right? Midfielder. And great Spurs, against us. Been... Great against us when he played us. Yeah. I mean, he, he bossed, bossed, bossed the games against Spurs most of the time. And that's, where, where's that player? And, and again, I, I know I'm going away from Saar, but it, it just illustrates that uh, Saar's come in and I guess he's been given a, a job to do with limitations because that's what Conte's systems tend to be. Like, you can't do this, this and this. You have to do this, this and this. And he's just done it. 
which is probably why he's getting t- uh, time, right? He's dependable uh, because he, he, he can follow those instructions. But often I do wonder how much better we would be, especially as, as a collective, we kind of lack that, that, that kind of organic creativity because we don't really have an Ericsson, we don't really have a player in the middle that can be this kind of hub for, 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 for seeing things maybe slightly outside of these fabled automations that we're, we're meant to be seeing. Um, so, yeah, SAR is definitely a, like a, a, a highlight, but I also kind of agree it's probably a little bit exaggerated uh, because of what's around him, but that doesn't mean that it's, it's, it's wrong for us to, to rate the guy. I think we just, need to, we just need to give him a bit of time to kind of find his feet in this league. And for us to work out exactly what kind of role you know he can he can have for Tottenham going forward, because yeah. at the moment we've got a lot of midfielders, um, and they're all kind of like the, the different version of the same thing. Apart from Bentancur, yeah, yeah. I mean Bentancur, you know, head and shoulders above the rest of them. Yeah, I mean, and 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 it can't be lost that we're missing this player. Like he's he's fantastic. He's the most underrated midfielder in the Premier League, I, I think, hands down. Mm. Um, what a question here. From uh, Richie, he says, uh, "Why did that fan kick the wrong goalkeeper at the end of the game?" <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, Spurs, some Spurs fan tried to kick Ramsdale, which um, you know, whatever. But uh, Loris, you know, not for the first time this season, mate, mate. was a major fault for the goal. And, he, and look, he doesn't mean to do it. He doesn't. It's not like it's not like he's like willfully throwing the ball in his own net. But you can't be as a goalkeeper where you have the most responsibility behind the centre backs. You cannot, you cannot be in a situation where three goals we've conceded that have led to three losses. Was it five now? Was it six? We've lost three of those games were directly linked to um, Lloris's either indecision or just complete fucked um, in his ability to save a goal. This one was mental. I mean, I know it took a deflection off of um, off of Sesnion. Uh, Sesnion uh, had to do his job to try and get back and try and block the ball, but he can't be doing. It. He's won a World Cup. He can't be f- f- that, that. That ball should never have gone in. It's hard enough playing playing them at any time, but for your goalkeeper to let you down in that way, even you know, like, like I said, like he's done us a great service over the years. He really has, but it's it's come to a point where he's become a, liabil- a liability. Certainly in this season. Uh, what, I don't know what what John. What have you got anything to say about Larry? <laughs> what, what can you um, say? I mean, it's, I don't want to criticize him too much, but it's, it's yeah. This is the thing. Got to solve this is, problem in January, probably. Yeah, one hundred percent. This is like the horrible thing about football is that you can basically have like a fifteen plus years career. And the last season, you do shit like this, and that's really like sticks in people's throats, and it and it makes it really difficult for them to uh, think nice things about you. And so it's always really difficult for players to walk away at the top, right? Because they always think, oh, I could just go for one more season. I, you know, I'm still good enough. And usually they don't. They they do this, or you know, like we saw with Ronaldo, and they they go too far, and they can't can't let go basically of what they could or used to be. He's always made. He's always made the odd like shoe with like kicking and stuff you know there was that incident in the first half where he got like sort of dwelling on the ball and then he sort of yeah. shank, shanked it and sliced it right that was he's always a kind of done bigger problem that one yeah and he's always kind of done that right he's not really been fit for purpose in like playing out from the back type keeper 
he's always been a really reliable shot stopper and been a just from a goalkeeping perspective, it's like super solid. Actually, like last season, he was he was really good from that perspective. This year, like that goal is I, I haven't seen a goal conceded like that from a Premier League keeper. I, I actually can't remember like something so bad that's just kind of fumbled into a goal like that in in the way that that's happened. It's a real shame, but I think it's just accelerated something that we all knew was coming, which is that we need to replace Larice. It's one of those things. You have a keeper as good as him for as long as you've had. It's a really nice thing. You don't ever have to think about it going into transfer window. A good keeper, just carry on, right? It's other positions. It's a boring transfer signing a goalkeeper. They're often really, really expensive. And even the really, really expensive ones don't necessarily guarantee that they're going to be good. For every Allison and Edison, um, you get a Kepa, right? And a Mendy. And they can't work out which one's the, the better of those two keepers. And they are like close 70 million plus, I think, goalkeepers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So there's no guarantee that you're going to get a good keeper by spending loads of money on them either. So it's a horrible type of transfer. And I think the reality is we're going to have to look for that in the summer because he's not getting any better. And this is really costing us and materially costing us points now, which before you, know, you could always say, oh, it's hindering us, our way of playing, it invites pressure, blah, blah, blah. This is now actually directly costing us points, which is really sad because he's been a great servant to the club and all the other platitudes that we've all said about him a million times. Mm. Agreed. Okay, um, one, one player that we've been linked with like in the last week, obviously Trossard. Um, John, you've got quite strong strong views on, on, on this, haven't you? For, for a player yeah. that, that could cost us £12 million and be a squad player, you you hate it. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and this is the thing, like I was saying about before, the, the price tag makes sense, but he's 28 and he's done nothing for his whole career. He's done nothing. So he's been get... consistently good in the Premier League and excellent this season. He's been fine in the Premier League. Like he's he's done okay for a mid-table team for a few for however many seasons he's been in the Premier League. Five, and this is his first good season at 28 years of age. You you can't tell me there isn't a player like we could have signed Eze at Palace two years ago for what 20 million or whatever he went for. Yeah, that would have been a good signing. Right, and there are other players like that. Elise saying all the like. Look at Palace's business. Look at the business that Brighton have done. The, before they signed for them, we could have signed them for the same money we're going to spend on a 28-year-old who's done basically nothing his entire career until this season. People saying things like, oh, but he scored bad, bang, bang average players don't score hat-tricks at Anfield. David Bentley scored a hat-trick against Man United for Blackburn when Man United were the best team in the world. <laughs> it means nothing. Players can score freak hat-tricks in their careers. It doesn't make them a great player. He's all right. If we sign him, I want him to do great and I hope he like he comes in and hits the ground running. Just feel like that's another just pointless waste of money. And in a year's time, when he doesn't that, play, we're going to have to shift him. And no, what are we going to do with him? Who wants to sign him? I, I don't think I don't think twelve million pound or fifteen million pound for Trossard is bad business. That's good business, in my opinion. Like he's a good. I get that he's not. He's not going to start. He probably he he probably struggle to get into the team. Certainly for Charlison's fit because he plays mostly on the left. He can play up top, but there's options. And and and, and we found ourselves in. 
very recently where we've we've had nothing other than Hill, Kane and Son. Kane and Son, granted, and Hill has done well when he's come in, but there was nothing on the bench to change the game against Palace. I mean, we won 4-0, but we had nothing on the bench. Against Villa, we had nothing on the bench. Signing someone like Trossard, who isn't, isn't a statement signing, but makes sense, like... I get it. I don't have any issue with it. This, this, if Trossard is our ambition, then that's an issue. If Trossard is coming in to give us options off the bench for fifteen million pounds, there's nothing wrong with it, John. This is gonna, this is gonna cause another issue in twelve months' time because he'll be another one of these players that we. That, you're right. Like right now, which we should loan him. Basically, we should just get him in on loan to the end of the season. I'd be want absolutely fine with that. They want him out. We'll sign him on a three-year deal. Then he won't play because you're right because he's not as good as our starting eleven. He'll get very limited choices because if Conte's still here, he'll have to get up to speed with the system like he has with every other player, which will take him basically to the end of this season. Next season he won't play most of the games because of our players will be in the, in there. In two years' time, he's thirty. He hasn't played for us for, for a season a and a half, and, he, and we're and we're paying him fifty grand a week to you're, play you're, for us. You're, you're, going, you're looking at the right, worst case even. scenario here, John. Though. It maybe he'll come What's in and go. Fuck his, well, maybe he's good. Maybe he's good. Maybe he plays twenty-five games a, a season, and scores seven or eight goals, and, and, and gets us over the line. And maybe he comes off the bench where we have no one, and, and a fit young, or not young, but a fit sort of up for it. Trossard, who's a massive football club, finally, he, he kind of takes his chance, and maybe maybe he's great. Fifteen million pound isn't a gamble. It, it's business sense, in my opinion. Go on, speak. on him. Speak yeah, on I was going to say. It, it, I, I kind of I, I see what. John's saying, I definitely kind of agree with that sentiment that it, it, it doesn't feel like, you know, w- what we're doing with this type of play. It feels like it's a, like, the, the, the it, look, we're in the January transfer window, right? You're not really going to get your, your big signings in this window because other clubs, other big clubs with big players are not going to let them go unless there's something drastically wrong. Like, the Stone is the one that we keep thinking might happen this month, but it doesn't look like it will, right? So, Trossard, yeah, 28 years old, cheap. So, it's not really a risk. People are going to be frustrated with it because it isn't like a 60, 70 million pound first team player, which is what we do need. But in terms of this issue that we do have with, with, with squad depth, because we've moaned about it in loads of games this season, you look at the bench, we've got two goalkeepers and a bunch of defenders. You know, having another option there, as long as he gets to play, and he probably will get a lot, a lot more game time than we think, mainly because of uh, the fact that he is Premier League ready, you know, system wise. Yeah, maybe it takes him a few weeks to, 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 to get on, but we don't have that much available right now. We have a lot of players who are out of form. We've got a lot of players who have come back from injuries. You know, they can pick up more injuries and then we're fucked. So we, we do need something in there and it is desperate. And it does fall back into this lack of planning, lack of development, lack of understanding. But again, it's probably a lot worse than it looks because of the injuries we've had. You know, all the players we've brought in, have, for one reason or another, have struggled to bed in properly. It's just typical Spurs, right? We we spent all that money in the summer, and everyone was so confident and so positive and so happy. Won the transfer like, window. We go back and, yeah, we now, were like now it's like, now it's like we don't don't do business and we don't spend money. We won the fucking transfer window, we, apparently. Yeah, exactly. I think we've just been, and it is is what it is, man. It's just factually a correct statement to say we've been fucking unlucky. Like the the. Benton, Corey, Charleston, Kulisevsky, uh, Basuma was injured before he 
started playing for us. And yep. then obviously there were, there were other uh, coaching problems that he probably had off the back of that. He's probably been hit psychologically just trying to fit in a, a club like Spurs. So, yeah, OK, it's typical Spurs ready with the excuses, right? But it is the reality of it. It's not been a fucking easy season. Two. There's been no consistency in, in, in amongst it. But just to just to, to um, end on the Trossard thing, yeah, it doesn't excite me. I don't know much about him other than match of the day highlights, right? Because I don't pay that much interest in in most other football clubs, like unless it, unless there's headlines being made. Um, but as a squad player for twelve million, whatever, I'm not I'm not going to have a strong enough opinion to to get angry about it. But yeah, long term, John is right. <laughs> This guy's going to be sitting on the bench for he, the, the whole duration of his contract at Spurs. So you could argue, banging on about money and where it's been spent, is this really, you know, the right thing to do for the club? Part of me thinks it's Jan, Jan Window just bringing a couple of players. And this is the game that Spurs play. It, or, from our perspective, anyway, it feels like keep the natives quiet, find a couple of players here and there. It looks like we're patching things up. But it isn't to the level of, of Kulusevski. And Benton Core, but one final thing on that. Remember when we signed those two players, everybody thought, why are we buying two duds from Juve? We've been mugged off. And everyone lost their shit when they well, made their debuts. Yeah. They were I mean, rubbish. And, and, it kind of shows you that. And talk, talking, you don't know anything. My mate, my mate, my Italian mate, he um he's Napoli fan. Napoli are flying. Just smashed the Juve. Oh, yeah. Top of the league. There's there's an affinity it's between so Tottenham and Napoli as well, by the way, according to my mate Marco, who um he he has an affinity for Tottenham because he sees similarities in both clubs in that we 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 pose to be successful but never quite make it. Anyway, he said, and I've said this a few times, but that we've had our pants pulled down with Ben Tancor and Kulusevski. You just never know, and, and that's someone who'd watched Italian football. And Kulusevski is, I I love him, and and I love Ben Tancor equally. What a, what, a, what amazing signings those two are. And not having them both in the team at the same time has really hindered us this season, hindered Conte. And if we had had them, things might have been different. They may have been different. And Trossard might end up being a world beater at Spurs. You never know. He might. He might. Probably won't, but he might. My main main concern is that no one above us or below us is even sniffing around him. That has to be a red flag. No. And if it is... They've been linked with a couple of other big clubs, like... West Ham and that. <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. I don't know, that would I, be a good signing for West Ham. That makes sense for them, not for us. They're in the bottom three. We're trying to finish in the top four and trying to win things. How about Bowen? Ba- That's a Bowen bad. from West Ham. Would you like that? Fine, fine. I'd be well up for that. There's there's a lot more upside with Bowen. Like That makes a bit more sense. It's £15 million like, pound thing as well. Apparently, we're arguing between about €9 million Euros for Porro. Oh, stop going after Trossard just get Porro I don't like I just don't get this it's just fuzzy thinking Flav and what what, what really alarms me is that there's no talk about centre-backs because uh, oh, clearly I our swear weak- is that? <laughs> clearly our weakest oh. position is centre-back like if you if we bought if we if we bought two look what Van Dijk signing did and, and Alisson signing did for Liverpool it won them a Champions League and a league title like nothing not a lot changed they signed Mane before them but they signed Van Dijk and they signed Alisson for a combined fee of around 130, 140 million pound. Our massive issue is in, in our defence. And it's all well and good fucking signing Porro or looking at Trossard. We should be going hell on earth 
to find to sign any one of the three into Milan centre backs. All of them would would be a massive upgrade. Look, Longley's done well. He really has. He's he, he's he's functional. And if we can buy him for fucking ten million, he's got three years left on his Barca contract. I think if we can buy him for ten million and get him in, and 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 he'll be a squad player. But for him to start and the Davies to start, it's just. It's not good enough, but it was good enough last season, which is why I can't work out what's going on. Last season, we did, we, we, like, and Conte said that we performed a miracle. It was a miracle, but it, it wasn't based on the way we played and, 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 and how connected we all, all the players were and, and, and how excited we were going forward. It wasn't a miracle. It, that, that's what we should, should, should be expecting. Anyway, uh, uh, You've got to know the mood of the Spurs fans when you, you, you tweet out a, uh, a request for questions. Generally, we get about 28, 30. <coughs> We've had 134, most of which Jeez. we haven't been able to go through because people are very angry. But um, we'll be all right, boys. It'll be all right. It's just about just sitting there waiting. Things will change. The club will change. Ownership will change eventually. Manager will change. Players will change. And two years from now, who knows where we'll be. But it, this isn't the end of days, right? It's just a moment that is difficult at Spurs, knowing that we've got Man City to face twice. Although, fucking, they don't look that great. I mean, they, they're all right, but their performances aren't fantastic. Anyway, cheers, boys. Cheers, mate. It's going to be all right. It's going to be fun. Boys. Up the Spurs. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.